0: Hello and welcome to episode twenty-nine of the Saladcast for this season with myself, Glyn Price, and I'm joined by Ollie Warner. After what has been a very interesting week, Ollie, should we describe it as that?
1: Yeah, it's been just a bit of a long week.
0: Yeah, it certainly does.
1: Maybe, maybe that should be the title of the podcast. So we've got a few things to go for, haven't we? We've, um yeah, we've got hit a, a fantastic milestone of a hundred thousand listens, which is quite crazy.
0: Unbelievable. Yeah, really, really pleased with that. We. Hit that this week, didn't we, for the first time? I think, well, I think it was probably the end, end of last week. But yeah, 100,000 listens in, in sort of four seasons, which I think is absolutely fantastic at work for us, Ollie. So I just wanted to say, really, at the front of this, thank you to everyone that's ever listened to one of these podcasts, I suppose, Ollie. It's um, it's really good that it's found a place in the fan base, and to, to reach 100,000 is amazing. So yeah, we're not going anywhere anytime soon, are we, Ollie? So on to, on to 200k, even a million. <laughs> can, we la- <laughs> yeah. can we last that long? We'll t-
1: yeah, um, yeah, thanks for all the guys who Thanks for <laughs> all the correspondence. Again, if you're not just kind of repeating the message, there was some real fun stuff on Twitter again it really is kind of the centre I think of um, kind of like, yeah, banter and fun, um, for talking about Shrewsby Town. And mm. um, yeah, there's lots of good stuff. Phil Thomas is um, pumping out some really interesting data and stuff. So yeah. yeah, a lot of fun stuff going on.
0: Yeah, it's been fun, but in a really like, <laughs> what's the you've word? got to
1: laugh because yeah. if you if you didn't laugh, you'd cry. <laughs>
0: that is exactly the phrase I was going to say, Ollie, exactly the phrase. But we will get on to uh, matters on the pitch now. Um, obviously, there have been two games this week, a very disappointing trip to Anfield. And what ended up being, I suppose, in some respects, a disappointing draw against MK Don. So, yeah, let's, let's start at the start of this week, Ollie, and let's talk Liverpool. So Steve McKenzie against Bobby Mims, and it's McKenzie two-one to Shrewsbury. Party time!
1: So Liverpool won, Shrewsbury Town nil. Unfortunately, yes. an own goal. And um, there's been a lot of own goals against Liverpool. We scored most of the goals in this game in <laughs> no, no, these yeah. two games, um, which is kind of funny. But again. Um, yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, fifty two thousand um were at Anfield in the a cramped stadium. Um mm. kickoff was delayed at eight PM um because of the traffic. It was. Um yeah, you've put a couple of stats here, Glenn. I'll, I'll I'll say what they are, but I'll obviously give you the credit. Obviously we've never beaten Liverpool and it's and it's Shrewsby's first trip to Anfield. Had you had you been to Anfield before?
0: Yeah, I've talked about this on the podcast a few times, haven't I? When my dad used to take me to Anfield all the time when yeah. we were younger, as well as going to watch Shrewsbury. Um, so you know, been to loads of games at Anfield, but I'd never sat in the away end, obviously, because no. I'd never seen Shrewsbury at Anfield. But I've been, I've sat in the cop loads of times, and the the, leg, a... the the leg room in the cop Ollie is just as bad as it was in the Anfield Road end. To be honest with
1: you, yeah, I'd been, I've been in the posh seats before, oh, of course um, you have, in like the Carlsberg suite and stuff back in the day. I'd been a few times, but um, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> It's hard to get up for this one, Glenn. Um, in yeah. terms of team selection, yeah, it was O'Leary in goals. Kind of the, the, the team that we really expected with O'Leary in goal. Love, Williams, Pierre, Ebanks and Goldborne. Mm-hmm. Um, Edwards, Laurent and Goss with Worley and Lang up front. Yeah, um, it was the team. And then for Liverpool's side, what was the Liverpool team, Glenn?
0: Yeah, look, the Liverpool team was was the kids, you know, it was, as as was <laughs> advertised by Jurgen Klopp in some respects. And obviously they played their. Probably their two players that we've heard of the most, like Curtis Jones and, and Elliot as well, who played in the first game. They played as well. But it was, you know, a bit, I think reading it, it was there were six players that played in the game when they lost Rackington in the leasing.com trophy. So it was a maybe, you know, a little bit weaker than we might have been expecting, I suppose. But they were good. <laughs> I'm not going to lie about it. But yeah, it wasn't, you know, any of the first team players at all. It was exactly what Liverpool said. And, um, so yeah, so that wasn't really a surprise the only surprise for me Ollie, in terms of looking at both teams how they lined up was maybe Wally starting um, instead of either Odo or Cummings you know it was a bit weird you would have thought if we were going to play two up um, they would have been two strikers but it wasn't to be
1: yeah we keep persisting with Wally as a striker and I think it's fair to say the experiment is has failed died um, yeah he just can't Like we like Wally he's a good winger but he god he can't finish
0: well he got injured in this game so we have, we've seen the last of him for a while anyway in terms of striking roles so it um, might be a while till he gets back but yeah ov- obviously Ollie you didn't we, we mentioned this podcast story. you weren't sure because the date hadn't been sort of finalised yeah. by that point was it and you, you were pretty sure you weren't be able to go and, and you obviously didn't make it did you?
1: No, I was gutted. stuck in a leadership work thing i couldn't i just couldn 't get out of didn't finish till five, um, but in some Aww. ways probably I probably saved me driving all that to Liverpool and back because I needed to be back in london mm. so i I watched um, I watched I followed the game on Twitter, yep, I did have um lewis Cox's notifications on, but man, that guy tweets a lot um, he so I had to turn them off um, because it was just too much um, and fortunately, the people I was sitting with at my table were really cool guys, and they understood what I was doing, so yeah, had my phone on constantly um following it and Yes, it seemed quite depressing watching Mm. Twitter, um, Mm. as I saw lots of sources of people um, frustrated. But I guess, Glenn, as we got to the game, you were probably in a bit of a better mood, because you went with your kids, didn't you?
0: Yeah, it's probably just worth talking about the pre-match, really. Because for me, personally, Ollie, the pre-match was the best bit of the trip up there, in all honesty. The game was so so dip- disappointing and dull that um, it wasn't really the highlight. But yeah, the trip up was fine. I left, you know, I think we left at half three from Shrewsbury. We were probably, you know, one of the first lots of town fans to get up there as soon as the kids had finished school. So we got to Liverpool quite quickly with minimal delays on the M53. Um... And and that was fine. Obviously, my brother was supposed to be coming with me. I mentioned that last week, Ollie, but he he got man flu, so he couldn't come either. So just me and the kids. And they and they were really excited. We had some food beforehand, got some sweets, walked up to the game, went in the club shop and, you know, had a mill around a big stadium, came in, sat down then. And we were right by the people we sit with at the Meadow, which was really good. Like the the guys we sit behind were sitting in front of us this time. So it was kind of a, a bit of a change. Um, and, and that was really good getting to see people coming in that, you know, it seemed to be that Anyone that was a season ticket holder who'd bought tickets and they didn't want to be in the singing stand seemed to be in the same block we were on the very left-hand side of the Anfield Road end. So it was great seeing... People who've been on the podcast a lot, Ollie, but loads of sort of friends and family. Really good atmosphere. Martin Berry, who was one of the guys behind the Sweden Shrews flag thing and and the, the minutes of applause, he was sort of going around and taking photographs with with sort of people and and, and Sweden flags, which was really good. So that was Ace. You know, eight thousand town fans there. It was a really good positive vibe, Ollie. And and my takeaway from that that period building up to the game, um, even with the fifteen minute delay, was there was some expectation in our fans. There was an expectation for us to have a go and and have a real crack at these kids. And the the chance of a win at Anfield was was really there. You know, there was that expectation.
1: And yeah, it's an interesting one because the bookies favoured Liverpool. um, And when you saw the team and you think about their calibre and you probably look, maybe look back in 10 years' time, some of the players that maybe played in this team, you never know how it's going to go. Sometimes it goes all, you know, you you might not hear these players again, but obviously technically they're immense. But at the same time, you'd think a team of professionals um, and I expected, I was chatting to a big Liverpool fan, and um, before the game, and he was a little bit concerned, us in, in terms of how we were going to approach the game, that we're basically going to bully them. Mm. You know, we're going to use all our our street um, wise, you know, and our experience um, to bully them and effectively you Know, try and take the game into that perspective, yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's fair to say that didn't happen,
0: it didn't, did it, Ollie? We'll, we'll get to that very quickly in a minute. One thing I just wanted to mention just for it was that, that there was a 50 minute delay, Ollie. For and, and I suppose most people listening to this podcast would have been there because we took 8,000 fans there, but again, just wanted to kind of talk about that anticipation that extra 50 minutes. Kind of help build it up even more within the ter- within the Shrewsbury fans as well. So again, you weren't there, so it's more for your reflections really of it. But um yeah, I, I as I say, that was anticipation. What you've just said about Liverpool fans thinking we were going to do something, you know, that's what we thought we were going to be doing as well. So that was fine. But, but just before we get into the game, Ollie, I think it's just worth asking you because, like, I don't know how much of this game you've actually watched back.
1: So what I did as um. Oh, no. So, yeah, my wife was having a bit of a lie-in on Saturday morning, and I thought, oh, you know, I'll I'll get up, and I I was going to play Battlefield, but, you know, sometimes it wants to update for, like, 45 minutes or something. Oh, yeah. So I thought, right, I'll watch the game, and I started watching it, and I tried to keep focused, and I really struggled, and I ended up doing some admin (laughs) on my emails to try and get rid of junk email. And then okay. I realised I should probably stop watching this because it was just I didn't see Shrewsbury Town players. I did watch most of it to say so I was focused and I did see like you know at least ninety five percent of the of the of the action. And I think it's fair to say that I can't really remember if Shrewsbury Town putting two passes together but and defensively we just sat off and let them pass.
0: Oh, God. Embarrassing. I, 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 After 15 minutes, the only, I look back at my Twitter account, the only thing I tweeted was, can we please have the ball? Because <laughs> they dominated possession for that opening it was half about an
1: hour, 75%, it. If yeah. I remember, remember Twitter rightly.
0: Yeah, by 32 minutes, we'd only had 25% possession, um, which was unbelievable. And I think at that point, Max O'Leary probably had the most touches of the ball for our team because he'd been getting passed back to him quite a bit. So the opening section was really like... It was a bellwether for what happened in that game, wasn't it? That we were... We were so standoffish, we were so passive, we were so not getting in their faces, not making challenges, the, the desire didn't really seem to be there and, and also it seemed to be that we were just carrying out the usual um, Sam Ricketts, Ricketts ball, don't get involved in the game for 30 minutes, stay in it approach, which is fine if you're away at a, a good Liverpool team. For me, against the kids in a game like this, that was utterly naive, foolish and absolutely bloody annoying to be honest with you.
1: But him—that was the game plan. it
0: yeah, well, clearly was the game plan. It was the wrong game plan, though, wasn't it? Looking back, because he like, was
1: talking about the players, but didn't really put into, didn't really follow the game plan.
0: I—well, d- I don't know. I mean, Dave Edwards said that at the end of the game as well. But like on the evidence that we are playing like that most weeks, you know we sit off and we don't try and attack yeah. too much. Like, there's this stat going around now, isn't there, Ollie, that happened again on Saturday against MK Dons. We haven't scored a goal yeah. in the opening 15 minutes of a league game this yeah. season. So, and, let's and that's give clearly credit to who that,
1: Yeah, let's give credit to who that was from. So, yeah, it's Nick from BBC Shropshire did yes. some research. Brilliant. Um, and, yeah, said that we hadn't scored. So, we, <laughs> the fact that we haven't scored and we've played so many games now, we're not, we're not talking about 10 games, you're not talking from a small um, statistical pool. You're talking about, you know, over half a season now. Clearly, we, the Ricketts ball style is not to even is not to score in the first 15 minutes.
0: <laughs> well, let alone score in the first 15 minutes of this game. We, honestly, we could not get the ball in the first 15 minutes of this game. It was such an eye-opening... Like... But we did have
1: the ball, obviously, because we, we, we had the chance to, because obviously we were having goal kicks and stuff, weren't we?
0: Oh, we had the occasional so, goal kick, yeah, that's right. No, but <laughs> I'm
1: saying that was, we had the opportunity to actually get it back. We could have played it out. We could have played it long and maybe won a few headers or something. Even, even then we there, were, there were yeah, exactly. True
0: true enough But even then There were very long periods Of play Of Liverpool just passing it around With us not really approaching them And to be fair During that first 15 minutes To half an hour period They had all the ball We were totally dominated But Liverpool didn't create Many chances during that period You know We, we, we sat back We defended what we needed to We just coughed the ball Back up to them And then they went through Their sort of un- It was like an under 21 game You know Teams trying to outpass each other Except one team couldn't do it And the other team Were doing it You know to the, to To the end of the days But I don't know. We we rarely attacked in the opening period. Didn't create anything. Um, and I thought Love and Goldborne, it was quite clear in that opening period that they were they were getting dominated by the tricky players that they were up against. They had a torrid night, both of them.
1: Who had a good game, maybe we'll get to that at the end. But um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so, yeah. The, one,
0: the one thing that did change it all, Ollie, I'm going to interject now, just I'm thinking about it, it came into my head, was um, a very you know in that period, we're talking about the bellwethers and the things that gave us a sign as to what was going to happen in that game. We did finally push up at one point. I think maybe Wally broke and we won a corner. And everyone got excited all of a sudden. It was like, well, yeah, we've got a corner at Anfield, you know. Big lads, get them up, show some physicality. This is where we can impose our game. What did we do? Short corner. And we, and then Gosh just lazily floated it in and they defended it. And it was just, that was the sort of thing that was, you could already see fans around me getting a bit niggled.
1: Yeah. So what was the atmosphere? What was kind of the, um, the feelings on the, on, the, on, the terr- on the terraces, I should say?
0: It started off really positive, like I said, at the start of the game. But honestly, within half an hour, because we'd watched what we'd watched, It was niggly the guys are down the right hand side we were in the singing area we didn't stop chanting so i imagine it was a very dip- different atmosphere there we were very much down the left hand side and it was quiet people were- there was nothing for us to really get behind and cheer and it was quite a down dour sort of atmosphere after 30 minutes you know you'd get up and cheer when we had a sort of half chance or you know it was quite a good noise when stuff happened but stuff wasn't happening do you know what I mean we, there was nothing really to get people excited about so it wasn't a buzzing atmosphere to be honest with you Ollie. Um and, and to be fair Liverpool have got some good players As I said that Jones and Elliot were really good in the first half they did push us back they they kind of overrun the midfield at times Um that Neko Williams, you know the right back. Obviously, we'll talk about him with the goal in a minute. He's yeah. a right, he was a right whinging little shit. He was every little touch he got, he went down like clutching his face or his hand or just moaning at the referee. wasn't wasn't a big fan of him. um, and as I said, yeah, we got to 32 minutes. We hadn't hardly touched the ball. Um, other notes I made from the game was there was seemed to be very little communication, only. There was a lot of times where there was long balls coming and we weren't heading the first ball, which was causing us all sorts of trouble at times. And it just seemed to be like people weren't giving each other the shout to say, no, you need to get rid of it. Or kind of the passing went awry because people weren't giving each other a shout. It just zero intensity. Um, I don't know. And then after after half an hour, obviously, we possibly had a little bit more ball. But Liverpool then started creating chances. Um Particularly, they had this one free kick that we gave away that was straight at Max, but it was a couple of other half chances. Um, then I suppose the highlight of the first half really, Ollie, was was the applause for Kenneth, the Swedish tree, which was which was really good. Um, sort eight thousand people stood up and really applauded. Loads of Sweden flags, Sweden scarves. Um, that was a, it. Was a really nice moment for Kenneth, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. It's um, yeah, it's a shame I missed. That's probably the only thing I. I, I... I regret that I didn't see. Um, yeah, because yeah, he was a a big part of like yeah online Shrewsbury community, wasn't he? It's really really yeah. sad that he's he passing. It was really shocked, really really yeah. Got to me that I did. It was really sad that that news came through on that evening. Um, but yeah, hopefully his family and his friends saw um, how much we all all respected him and how much mm. we all miss him.
0: And and it's been a sad week for Shrewsbury fans. You know, there's a, there's a lady called Ruth that passed away. who was. Um, someone I remember, you know, sitting in the family stand when I first used to go. I believe she sat in there for a while, and she used to bring sweets to give to the children and stuff like that. Well, I'm sure I remember that as a kid. But obviously, another person that's really associated with our fan base, um, you know, for for her longevity more than anything, but also uh, the kindness she's shown other fans over the years for for various things. Um, you know, not someone I knew particularly well, but I think as we're reflecting on Kenneth, it is certainly worth reflecting on Ruth and, and the the play she held in in not only fans' eyes, but also someone like Dave Edwards who was seemed to be really touched and obviously wore black armbands against MK Don. So a real a real sad sad week to have lost two two sort of big fans and it's been nice that they both got applause at each game. So yeah, yeah, it's never it's never nice when we lose fans, is it? But um no. there we go. So that was that was a hard say that was a highlight of the first half. For me, the game really continued as I've just been describing it, we didn't really do all that much. They they had a couple of half chances and, and slightly better chances getting to nil nil at half time weirdly felt like an alright result considering how battered we've been.
1: Yeah, I, I it's yeah, I guess we were happy did we have any shots on target in, in this in this half?
0: We had no shots on target in the whole game, Ollie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> so yeah. Don't don't get too excited for what the rest of this second half review is going to be like because it's uh, yeah we'd had it's been like you know we were saying we haven't we did that Doncaster game we had no shots on target um and I mentioned on the pod last week you had to go back as far as the Wigan five one game at the Meadow where we lost under just for Starthurst regime wasn't it or maybe just for that I can't remember but anyway we've done it twice now in three or four games two two no two games with no shots on target so this was against kids as well even more frustrating um. Second half hole, as we obviously didn't watch this, started slowly again. Both teams were quite standoffish in that opening exchange. And then I suppose as the half went on, we had our probably best 10-minute spell. um, And only 10-minute spell of the whole game, to be honest with you. Maybe it was 15 minutes a push. Um, But yeah, there was a a couple of moments where there was a sort of header back post that uh, Dave Edwards could have done a bit better with, but it ended up going away from the goal. Um, And it all came from being a bit more direct. We played a few more long balls and the defence slightly got unsettled by it. The young lads at the back for them, so yeah that was something that was getting us some joy but we did it for a bit and then we just totally stopped doing it I, I couldn't get my head around that one either um yeah but it was it was definitely a bit more getting in their face Ollie. the thing that you kind of would said at the start of the podcast we wanted to see there was a couple of more big tackles that kind of changed the thing but it was a slightly harder press but i think after 10 minutes of that liverpool adjusted again and and just went back to sort of dominating the game um so there we go. Um, there was one good save that Max O'Leary made just in that period, though. You know, even though we had a bit more ball, they created the probably their best chance um, from that Necco Williams again. Um, Max did really well to save that, and and they still looked more creative and dangerous, Ollie. Which again, even when we were having our better period, that was a frustration for me: is that they still looked the most dangerous, mate.
1: Yeah, I guess that's just a, a, a snapshot of our season, isn't it? Um, a little bit having creating some chances, but yeah, not being good enough to. Actually um yeah, finish it off and score a goal.
0: And still conceding chances down the other end, yeah. And yeah. O'Do would come on just after just around this time as well, I think, and he really did help in our best spell. He came on and was very energetic, did really well, direct running, he challenged all his headers, um, but he came off for Lang, who seemed particularly peed off to get subbed. And um I met Callum Lang's dad in the in the week on the Saturday, uh, just gone. Um, long story, I won't go into details of it but um, he he tells me that Callum Lang is not a striker, he's a number 10 (laughs) so I don't know why we've been playing him up front since he joined this club but his dad is totally convinced that he's a number 10 so there we go Um, yeah, Odo did have a shot wide, that was probably our only decent shot of the game in all honesty, we had none on target like I mentioned Um, and then from that point onwards I think Liverpool kind of got on top now one thing I have missed here Ollie, that we'll come to talk about is it, it, it kind of it wasn't during the good period, I don't think, when when this happened. But obviously, we had a goal disallowed for VAR. So, a bit of nice interplay. You know, do do looked offside in the build-up, but it didn't get given. Um, and then someone heads it, and Wally scores a rebound. Everybody goes mental, Ollie. Like, I wasn't thinking about VAR at all. As soon as that went in, I was like, we've scored. We've, we've scored at Anfield. This is amazing. The whole place went nuts. And it took a minute then to realise that, no, we're not kicking off here. <laughs> Something's happened, and there's a VAR check going on. And I have to say... The feeling of a disallowed goal for VAR, Oli, is an absolute kick in the balls. Like any excitement I had about the game just drained away from me after it got disallowed. It was. It was unbearably horrible. One of the most horrible experiences I've had following Shrewsbury, I think.
1: Yeah, it's. I can see people. I can see, and obviously, people can, talking about it, and oh, I've, I've, On purpose, I haven't watched it so I don't get emotive <laughs> <Yeah>. about it. <laughs> I,
0: I can't blame you. I can't watch it back. I've seen a couple of stills, and obviously, when we were talking about it in the stadium, when it got chalked off, all the people around me were talking. It was like must have been a Dobbs offside because he, he made a really good run, and then there was a cross in. But as it looks like it, they went back even further than that to um, goalball and having like a foot offside whilst he's kind of running back out of the play. So they went back a long way to specifically find it. Now, technically, yeah, he was offside, but it seemed like a bit of a harsh one for me looking at the pitches and stuff. And it and it felt harsh. It felt like just a such a blow to the solar plexus. And there'll be 8,000 town fans there who all know what this experience is like. And I, I don't ever, ever, ever want to experience a VAR thing like that again. It, it was so horrible. I, I, you know you weren't there and you didn't experience it so it'll be one of those things that people talk about for a while and you would be like I'm quite glad I missed that because you know it's probably like when I missed the, um, the Rotherham winner in the playoff final Ollie and we weren't there were we and I just think that moment would have been such a sickener I think it was in that category for me so yeah fuck VAR as everybody says um, and then yeah after that I said Liverpool kind of got back on top and eventually they got their goal and you've seen the goal Ollie haven't you?
1: Yeah I've seen the goal Paul oh, Williams God a replica of his of his bosses um what he's done at one point which is quite funny.
0: It's funny I was watching some highlights back the other day of the Doncaster game and there's a really similar incident that happened in the Doncaster game where a ball gets knocked in, Williams heads it like he did at the Liverpool game and Max O'Leary's coming out and it's way over Max O'Leary but luckily it drops wide and I was thinking it's you know there's a chance that that's happened previously in a game before but for it, for it to happen on that stage as a you know a Manchester United player you know come through their ranks I'm so gutted for him because um, he wasn't really bad during the game. Williams, he'd been solid enough, you know, he'd done what he needed to do in the situations. Um, but it was just an em- it was embarrassing way to concede, wasn't it? And you know, having had the VAR chalked off, then to score a goal like that, you just you just know it ain't going to be your night.
1: No, it's, I feel for the lad. It's just yeah, it's just, it's just a bit embarrassing, isn't it? We had two own goals, yeah, um, yeah. in the, in 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 those these two games and. Just the whole thing is just, yeah, um has been a bit embarrassing and the, obviously then all of the, the attention taken away from from the actual result on that, that Sunday, Sunday mm-hmm. afternoon. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, in some ways I'm glad it's all over, to be honest.
0: It is. Let's let's knock this on the edge. They scored, went 1-0 up, their kids passed it around, held it off us. We couldn't really break them down. I give one credit, let's give some credit. Dave Edwards was absolutely outstanding in the second half. His leadership and his desire he played for the club when I think a few went in on themselves as the game went on. He didn't stop. He, he was chasing down things into the corner with like a minute to go. Fair play to Edwards in that game. He really did show that he's a proper salopian for me in terms of his performance and um, deserves a lot of credit. And the final whistle went. And, and you know what I mean, Ollie? You've been to enough of these big games, Chelsea, the Chelsea game. You know, At the end of it, we lost 2-1. You know, Granison scored their own goal. But we massively applauded them off. It was such a good feeling and so much pride in how we'd pushed Chelsea. I honestly felt like you we were just a minute ago. I was embarrassed at the final whistle. I didn't feel any pride for what we'd done. I didn't feel a single bit of pride for our football club. I thought I just thought, thank God that wasn't on television. First of all, it was a terrible game, and people would have been just thinking, yeah, God, you I lost the kids on
1: TV. That would have been bad.
0: And and people were streaming out, Ollie, around me, and they were livid. A lot of people were livid, and you wouldn't have thought that would be happening leaving Liverpool. Even if we'd played their first team and lost five nil, I don't think people would have been as angry. Because we probably, you know, we might have had a better go against them, I suppose. But to to have been as as, it's it's hard to not get angry about this. But to play that game like we did, um, and the way it went, and that the whole the whole event was just a massive non-event, really, and something that yeah, we went to Anfield, but it's not a game I'm ever going to remember fondly at all.
1: No, <laughs> no, it's, and I think and I think um, probably the for me one of the the. Not not a highlight because it came out of a bad situation, but yeah, I did watch Dave Edwards' um, post match. I think I think people were tweeting it on the on yeah. the following morning, and I did watch that. And the the passion and the pride and the disappointment that he had. He said it was. Didn't he say something like it was the the worst felt the worst. worst he's ever felt coming off a football pitch or something? That's
0: exactly what he said. Yeah, he was devastated. I thought looking at him, he looked broken. Yeah, and he used the word passive in his interview, which was fair. That was exactly how we played, and he knew it. Do you know what I mean? He knew that they they bottled that chance massively, um, which is weird because you would have thought they'd have figured that out half-time, and yeah, they rallied a little bit, but even then they were still too passive. But there we go. I'll run from my top three, Ollie, and we'll leave this here. I, I'm not sure I feel like I've captured how frustrating that was, but hopefully that's come across, and it is always awkward on a podcast to cover a result like that because I haven't got anything good to say about it. The whole thing's really pissed me off, Ollie, so... And that, you know that's this before we even talk about the money we lost on it the fact we had to pay for the bloody VAR and we'll, we'll get to all that later I suppose but um, yeah I'll leave it there David was just clearly a man of the match he was solid enough in the first half and he was he was exceptionally good in trying to lead us forward in some respects in the second half um, Odo I gave second even though he only came on his energy was one of the reasons we sparked into life at times um, and he was brave I thought as well so fair play to, to Danny as well and I gave Max O'Leary third I couldn't really think of who to put a third but really for that save he made to, to stop us going behind earlier on he did okay but even O'Leary was a bit shaky, a couple of goal kicks out straight out of play. Um I think that was about it in terms of shakiness actually. But I'll go for Max Third. I can't really think of anyone else to give it to all.
1: No. He was a nice adult gave um shirt, to a um a little Liverpool fan from yes. funny enough from Stourbridge <laughs> who um yeah oh, who was, obviously storing play for Hales Owen.
0: And I've only looked at these comments today, Oli, Sam Ricketts, because basically I couldn't stand to listen to what he had to say after that game on the way home. I just got in the car.
1: I know.
0: I got home home quite quickly. But he said, we lacked a little bit of energy and zip in our game, mentally and physically. We couldn't really get going. We had a little swell in the second half. Very little, I would say. Um, After a chat at half-time, ultimately our players gave it everything we had, but we couldn't reach that level of performance. And then we start this. This is a recurring pattern at the moment. We physically couldn't get up to the standards because of the games we've played you can't play football at 90%. You can't play it at 95%. You have to be at 100%. Unfortunately, the amount of games we played has caught up with us tonight. Preparation was fine, but we just needed more time for recovery and to get going. Now, I will point out to you that we played pretty much the same amount of games as Oxford. And Oxford played the same day, and they put a massively credible performance in against Newcastle. Lost 3-2, didn't they? They they all had the same thing. They wouldn't have been at 100% either. But they, they showed some balls and fight, and... You know, he can keep moaning about fitness as much as he likes. It's beginning to piss me off because in the summer when we went to meet him, Oli, he banged on about how we wouldn't have the same problems about fitness at this time of the season that we had under Askey because there hadn't been a good pre-season. And clearly, whatever he wanted to get to in terms of a level of fitness for the midwinter period, he's failed, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah. in terms of it, it's not an excuse and we'll come to that at the end, I will add that um, Oxford lost 4-0 to Peterborough. On the weekend, <laughs> yeah. um, which kind of yeah pulls a little bit of the rug under your argument, but um, a yeah, little bit it,
0: I guess yeah, I, yeah, it, it, only though. a
1: little bit, only a little <laughs> bit. Um, it's 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 something that is a factor, but for me, it's not an excuse.
0: But yeah, it does does a little bit pull the rug under that argument, I suppose. But also, it does reflect the fact that. They got up for the big game that they had. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We did it in the first leg. Obviously, we just couldn't do it in the away leg, I suppose. But yeah, you know, I'm only mentioning it about our manager because he specifically is, it was t- yeah. talking about that in the press and was talking to about that in those meetings we had. And, you know, it doesn't really help that we keep buying players that are not 100% fit when they sign for the football club. I don't understand how that gets you to that full, massively fit squad when you keep signing players that can't play for six months. But there yeah. we go. It's just me, Ollie. Um, and we just talked about David. I, yeah. I don't want to talk about the game anymore. I'm done. I'm done, Ollie. Let's move on. Fuck Liverpool. Fuck VAR. And uh, and let's get back to. Uh, let's not get back to the league, Ollie. Here <laughs> it's to Lawrence. He's been left for Bobby Grant onto his left foot, and he drives his second and doubles Shrewsbury Town League.
1: So Saturday, Shrewsbury Town won. Milton Keynes Dons won. It's about time they dropped that Dons that bon- Dons bit. Um, it so is. Omar Beckel scored in the sixties, um, two minutes. And um, Healy scored in the 77th minute. Um, Attendance um, was in the five, started with a five, Mm. which is a bit disappointed. Average attendances are still actually up versus last season so far. Um, Let's see how that, that holds out. Coming to the game, it was 16th versus 19th. Um, but it's worth noting that MK Dons were sixth in the form table. Yeah. Town were near the bottom with no wins in seven. Um, but it's worth mentioning that D- MK Dons had not won um, away in seven games under their new manager Russell Martin, who obviously has a link to Norwich, and obviously we saw um, two players come back um, for um, well come back to town um, starting for Morton Mal- Keynes Dons, and who were they, Glenn?
0: It was Thompson and, and uh, Carlton Morris, wasn't it? Yeah. And also, Ollie, you're actually wrong. There was three.
1: Oh yeah, there's Nichols as well. The yeah, goalkeeper. Yeah, there was,
0: there was Lee Nichols. He didn't actually ever play a game for us, but he, no. I think he was on loan, possibly under Turner. When you think about loan players, it was probably Turner because he got a million in, didn't he? But um, yeah, it's interesting. Another, another stat that missed off there, really, Ollie, just worth reflecting about MK Dons. Is they are terrible. <laughs> it's all right. Um, they are terrible away from home. They've yeah, only they taken three points from thirty this season. So. You know, they, they are not good travellers. Um, and, and so my anticipation going into this was we would win. But we'll get to that later on, Ollie. So, um, yeah, we, we talked about fitness. There was a bit of a change for the squad, wasn't
1: there? Yeah, there was. Um, so uh, Murphy came in goal. Yeah. We had um, Williams, um, Ebanks and Pierre at the back three the same. Omar Beckles left. Wing back, hold your thoughts there, Glynn. We'll come back to that. Um, <laughs> Ramsey, uh, who was given a chance at right wing back, and why we we do like Donald Love one assist all season is, is not enough productivity from that position. We saw Edwards and Lawrence um, go in the middle, and finally, Glynn, finally we are fucking number ten. And two strikers, the formation that we thought we might play at the start of the season when we were told we were going to play the same way as Sheffield United. So now we've got the number 10. Are we now going to get overlapping um, central defenders? I doubt it very much. No. So Omar Beckles playing left wing back, discuss. Well,
0: I don't know what your problem is, Ollie. He got in the League One team of the year playing left wing back a couple of years ago. So he's clearly a very talented left wing back. What's your your problem?
1: Himself said he's uncomfortable (laughs) playing there.
0: I did not think he did too bad overall. He did but, all um,
1: right. We yeah. Are, and that's the thing. He did okay against yeah, did a very okay. poor Milton... Mil, uh, Milton uh, against a very poor uh, Milton Don's team. Yes. I think if he's playing against maybe a better, a better fullback, we'd probably pushed him back. And yeah, I think we got away with one there. Maybe that's why we played him there, because we thought in terms of the style and how poor they were. But it doesn't give you much hope when you've got effectively four central defenders playing. And while he is... You know, all right at this level, he's quite good of his feet. He can be a bit clumsy sometimes, mm-hmm, um, but sometimes yeah. he can put a good ball on and he can do a trick, um, and that's pretty good for a central defender. But he is his 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 primary position and his best position is central defence.
0: Yes, it is. Uh, but I think with everything that's gone on, it is a bit weird that he started ahead of heart. That that's a why weird isn't
1: one for me. he playing? That's just a bit. bit yeah. he's already, he has started a game. Okay, we yeah, started juggling them away, but still,
0: it's a bit weird, isn't it? And like, and Ramsey, I'd be honest with you, Beckles, I thought was better in that position than Ramsey was. I mean, his first game for him in any kind of most most sort of senior level, and um, you know, he needed to play because Love needs a break. And as much as Love's not created too much, he's been the workhorse, and he's not missed yeah. a game pretty much this season. I mean, Sears maybe had one game for him, didn't he? But Love needed a rest. Um, the back three picks itself. Murphy's interesting. You know, there's no, there's nothing you can say other than Max O'Leary got dropped. He, he, he's not getting rested Ollie he's a bloody goalkeeper for crying
1: out loud maybe mentally maybe he nah. needed a bit of a break but you don't, you don't know Glynde. you can't say he was Seems dropped odd. you don't know you don't know if he was dropped or not but it is yeah it's a bit of a like I can say it
0: Ollie it doesn't mean it's right <laughs> you're right no. I will still say it I think he was dropped um, I, I made a bet with someone on, on the match on Saturday I said within the next 10 games Harry Bagon will start a game in the league for us I'm, sh- I'm convinced of it because I'm convinced O'Leary's going to go back and he's never going to come to Shrewsbury again Dean Henderson-esque he's too good for us there's no way there's no way murphy's going to play for us next year and once we get to 40 points or whatever there's no there's no point in not giving him a 50 go points. He, well let's get to f 1st isn't it whatever but um yeah 50 points but yeah once we um once we're at that point you might as well give him a go so we could see third goalkeeper in, in this season at some point but there we go. McElhaney in a 10. That was good. I was alright with Cummins and With Odo, Odo definitely deserved to stay on. Uh, definitely deserved a place after the way he played at Liverpool. Um, bit unlucky on Lang, I suppose. But um, after the way Cummins played in this game, to be honest with you, I'd play Lang and Doe from now on. But we'll get to that. I don't know. You were there this week, weren't you, Wally? You, yeah. you actually got to this game, didn't you? So, um, And I was there. Um, but most of my mates just didn't turn up, which tells you a lot at the moment. Um, I don't know. Where do you want to start with this game? We... we, we We were happy, weren't we, the way it set up. And and as soon as they started playing, it was quite positive,
1: I suppose. Yeah, we we started okay, I thought. I was really pleased to see that that starting lineup. You know, we've had quite a few attacks in the first half. I would say that um, MK Don's style and persistence of passing the ball out the back, which I understand if you're a championship or a top championship or a top Premier League side, or even if you're a top League One side, but a team that's basically trying to get... Well, I guess it's working for them, perhaps, but... Yeah, it was very odd. And they gave us chances, didn't they, from playing the ball out the back?
0: They were hilariously bad at playing out from the back, Ollie. It was absolutely entertaining to watch them play out from the back. <laughs> they were terrible. At Lewington, particularly. And we'll come to the second half where he just he shit the bed for about 10 minutes, Lewington. But um, yeah, I can't. I guess that they're trying to, under their new manager, play this new style, play out from the back, and try and be a good footballing team. But you can see they're definitely in the transition from what they must have been before to what they are now. Um as usual, town didn't capitalise in any of the moments they gave us. Though that was my big frustration.
1: Yeah, again, yeah, same old story. Um, a couple of what were the good attacking bits? There was a, a really good run from Cummings where he basically out, out basically just won a foot race, um, running down the, the right flank, put a long cross into Beckles in the box, um, got it to McElhaney, um but in, the basically crossed kind of headed onto onto Odo's head and kind of went out. Um, And then there was an opportunity not too long after that where Odo did really good hold-up play, chested the ball, um, passed to McElhaney, who fired from distance. It was one of those really frustrating kind of games to watch where the referee was pulling everything, but at the same time, we were being quite handsy, weren't we? There was quite a few times we were using um, our hands to kind of foul players. and Fans can get frustrated, but but if you're going to keep pulling people down... Um, and using your hands, it's going to be a foul. So you can't really get too, you can't complain about that too much.
0: No, I, I think there's more to moan at the referee about as we go through this first half. But yeah. I think I think that's fair. We did have some good attacks. I, they did also have MK Dons weren't out of the game. This wasn't us no. dominant in a match. You know, we we again had less possession by half time in this game. So MK Dons had a bit more control of the ball. Um, but you know, n- neither team really created golden opportunities. I didn't think when, no. when you got to half an hour, it was. You know, as much as I've seen everyone say this was an entertaining game, the second half was definitely better, but the first half was was not a great yeah. and conditions probably played a part in that. It was windy, but it it wasn't it wasn't a great watch first half.
1: No, first half wasn't great. Obviously we wanted to get to the magic thirty minutes and we're like <laughs> Exactly. scoring or <Walker's> conceding, <laughs> yeah. um, there was an opportunity where Nichols gave the ball straight to Macelani who fired wide, maybe could have done a bit better than that. And then I guess there was two moments left in the half. One was where they uh counterattacked on us. But Murphy came flying out and I thought it was a penalty so first question did you think it was a penalty yes or no?
0: Yeah I, was, I thought it was a stonewall penalty because yeah. yeah, you couldn't tell for maybe whether he'd even got a touch or not on it. Well, but the reason I thought it was a penalty Ollie, was because the referee pointed at the bloody penalty spot he did
1: but <laughs> um, sitting next to me Phil said to me You got a hand on it and oh, then, did he? And then yeah so yeah eagle eyed Phil um, he then and then <laughs> then we also then noticed that the linesman got involved and the linesman told him that it was a corner so he went he changed his mind he went for corner well Yes, it was not the, the best thing in terms of the referee made the mistake, but at least he listened to his assistant and he, the right decision was made in the end.
0: Who needs VAR, Ollie? There you go. You see, good example of the fish and it was just quite getting quick it right as well. To be fair, yeah, no, it, it was it was just confusing, wasn't it? Because yeah. he definitely put at the spot, and everyone was like, "Oh god, we're going to go one 0 down to MK Dons," and you know he could always kind of kind of start to panic. But um, yeah, it got they got it right. It was confusing, and uh, yeah, we didn't have to worry about a penalty, so that was good.
1: And then um, so was a corner. Nothing came from that. But then um, Thompson, who obviously we had on loan, and, and we know that he's, he's pacey, basically just kind of ran through our team, got into the box, and shot and hit the post and. God, if it had been a few millimetres to the right, it would have actually gone into the back of the net off the post. And we got away with that one.
0: We certainly did. It was right at the end of the half as well. I wasn't overly impressed with Thompson. You know, he didn't stand out as a player that we thought, Christ, why would we let him go? He was solid. Yeah, he's not a player that
1: you (laughs) think would go back to a Premier League team and start pushing their first team, is he?
0: He's not Ben Godfrey, that's for sure, no. Um, Talking about the first half, I mean, that's it. That's basically the first half. We said it wasn't very interesting, so we might as well leave it there just want to talk to you about McElhaney because my observations of McElhaney having watched that half are he is not John Nolan he's more of a Bobby Grant so John Nolan could pick the ball up and run with it but he didn't do it too often he'd come in the phase he'd work, work forward with the phase with everybody else and then he'd be the one that was really tricky quick feet fine space played little nice passes McElhaney looks like he likes to run with the ball and keep he's going and going he's a
1: number 10 Oh, John Nolan isn't a number 10 he's a number he's an attacking midfielder where yeah, probably this guy probably is, is, a, is, a, is a genuine number 10 um, yeah
0: you can see why I compared him to Bobby Grant though can't you because that's what he like used to be like
1: exactly yeah because we played 5-2-1-2 you know, five, um, five, two, two, didn't we in yeah. that a, a Mickey Mellon um, League Two um, season, um, playing as a classic number ten, but in some ways he's probably even more attacking than Bobby Grant because sometimes he was Great, playing yeah. straight up in a in a front three. But I don't know. Yeah, While well, we're just talking about him, I really like him. He seems really really good dribbler. He seems to like you know he does some really interesting runs and kind of goes around the corners. And he he's a really good player. And I you know he, you know January transfer window hasn't made people too excited, especially when he played when you buy or sign players who aren't fit enough to play at least he is fit and he's definitely obviously the the highlight of the January transfer window
0: he's the standout yeah for sure um and and yeah I I agree I mean we've only seen him in a couple of appearances so far but he's stood out as a very technically gifted player as well as something you know from watching him at the Rochdale game quite close up as well he's got such really good um technique in terms of his first touch and then he just goes he can just drop his shoulder and go and and He's a sore player we haven't had for a quite a while, Ollie.
1: Yeah, what an exciting attacker! <laughs> and
0: no, uh, you, and like you said, a genuine number ten. Yeah, yeah,
1: we haven't had a, we haven't had a number ten for a while. We haven't had a played a formation for a while that kind of suits a number True. ten. Um, True, but yeah, he's, he's a good signing and and interesting actually in terms of um, tactics and formation. Um, after five minutes of the second half, um, we took off a defender and brought on Goss. Q absolute confusion with home town fans. Town fans were just confused and everyone was going, what was going on and what formation we playing? A forced at first it looked like a bit like a 4-3-3. Three, three. Mm. Um, and then it kind of was an amalgamation, isn't it, between a 4-3-3 three, three and a 4-4-2 four, four, diamond, with Macalini playing kind of as a, a number 10 but sometimes pushing quite high up, and um, with this with the other two strikers not playing really close to each other playing, you know, kind of fairly kind of wide-ish a little bit. Um, yeah, with um, with Goss on the right of Edwards and Lauren to the left of him.
0: Yeah, it was interesting. I heard people using the word asymmetrical at one point. I thought this is too much for me. I can't. I can't deal with this. But um, yeah, it, it was interesting that we went with the four at the back. You know, we, again, people are asking to play two up front with the ten. People have been asking to play four at the back, and you know. Maybe maybe the message is getting through to Ricketts because he did both in this game. I thought it was hilarious though, Ali, that we played four at the back and Sam Ricketts managed to get all four of his centre backs into that formation. So obviously we had Williams playing right back, Beckles left back, and then the other two in centre back. I thought that's pretty that's pretty uh, classic of Shrewsbury Town this season. To if we're going to play four at the back, we've got to play all the centre backs.
1: <laughs> bit Stoke wasn't it? Yeah, it was a, bit a little purist. bit, wasn't
0: it? A bit Interestingly, I didn't think the change helped Cummins. I, I honestly think he drifted out of the game really badly second half. Yeah. like it was a bit of it was a really interesting one. He, I have a suspicion, and I don't know anything about this, that he got frustrated. There was a couple of times where I saw him kind of looking frustrated, and I think when he gets frustrated, he ain't half the player that he can be. Um, and that's something Ricketts has got to kind of have, you know try to, to stop happening. Interesting, needs management that. But yeah, he drifted out of the game and um you know, when he got subbed off I think that was fair enough to be honest with you. Um, well it's the but...
1: story of his career, isn't it, since Hibs,
0: Yes, yeah, it he is.
1: Needs to, he needs to sort that out himself. Yeah, he didn't perform particularly well. Um, yeah, get frustrated, and that's we like that passion, that desire. But you got to keep a cool head. Um, and yeah, the manager was right to take him off. I thought at that time. Fair enough.
0: Talking to Hibbs, interestingly, Ollie. I um because it's been so stormy here today, we haven't really been able to go out and do anything. It's probably been the same down your way. I lost two fence panels, Ollie, so it's been a devastating storm for Shropshire. Um, but there was some games on telly today, so I've just been sitting around watching the football. One of them was Hibs versus this um high Lowland League team from Glasgow, and Greg Dochty played his first game for them. Do you know what he did? What? One goal, two assists. <laughs> Gutted. You know what I mean? You know, you just think he's quality, isn't he? Oh, if, on, if only, mate. If, if only we can afford the loan fees. But there we go. Just because you said Hibs, I was going off on that tangent. Um, but yeah, so next thing that happened was our goal, mate.
1: Yeah, so Odo wins the ball, putting pressure on the defender. He runs into the box. Um, and this was a bit of a... This, this next passage of play happened all too often. A square ball, but behind the player. Too often when we encounter an attack, we pass the ball behind the man which just slows yeah. down the attack. And then Lang um, tried to get it from under his feet. Um, and there was a few shots um, from Lang and, and then a squares it to Beckles, who, while we were a little bit critical of, I'm a bit surprised he was playing left wing-back, man, if he wants to do this every week um, in the attacking in third, <laughs> um, by God, it was an absolute superb strike and a strike that would a striker would be proud of, anyone would be proud of that strike.
0: Long range and controlled and kept it low enough they didn't just sky over the bar like you see so often with shots like that. And yeah, big Omar, he, he, he's, I've got a suspicion he scored something like that once before, a big long ranger. But yeah, great goal um, and, and you know, he'd been working hard to deserved, deserve the goal. I agree with you, it was a bit of a shambles that we missed those two chances beforehand and that had kept happening during the game. But it was just a relief more than anything, Ollie, because yeah. I was really worried about what would happen if we went down to... Um, to Milton Keynes, there was a vibe. There's a vibe in the Meadow on Saturday that people were ready to be angry. Um, and, and I getting think people ahead. were
1: angry, still are angry, and we'll come to possibly, that when we get to the end. Possibly, but, yeah. yeah. But
0: it saved it, staved it off. Do you know what I mean? Because I think that there's been situations where we've gone down and it's got a bit nasty, and we've been shit, and the town have got worse. So going ahead, it made me feel like, as you know, actually, we're probably going to win this now because. Yeah, we we've been good at keeping leads. Um, I should definitely not have tweeted that, but there we go. Um, <laughs> so yeah, unfortunately we didn't. But yeah, I thought you know that was it put us in the driver's seat, didn't it? Really, you couldn't couldn't argue with that.
1: Yeah, we were, and yeah, it was good good attacking play uh, and good pressing again, pressing them and, and put taking advantage of them. Unfortunately, the lead only le- only st- and kind of stood for like fifteen minutes. Yeah. And unfortunately, um, yeah, this is not a good goal to concede. So (laughs) Beckles gets the ball in that kind of left-back position and drives forward. Um, He tries to kind of basically play it around the player and run past him, but he fails to do that and he basically just Mm. gives it to them. Um, They counter-attack. We actually had enough men in defence, but unfortunately Williams has not been playing full-back and he is completely out of position. He wasn't close to the the left winger, so he comes in, he cuts inside um, and just fires into the back of the net. And yep. unfortunately, when they watch that back, happy to be proved wrong. But for me, I think Willie, like Beckles' error, and then Williams out of position. He was playing basically as a, you know, he was he, he was playing as if he had a, left, a right wing back supporting him, um, yeah. but that, but he wasn't. He was he was playing as, as a right back, and he gave him far too much space. Um, poor defending.
0: Got it. I, th- I think one thing you know that's I think you've summed the goal up. I can't really disagree with that. I think the one thing that going four four two did. That Sam Ricketts will probably have hated was it made the game really really open, didn't it? And you know this is the sort of thing when when a ball got broken down like Beck was trying to give it away, both teams were springing on each other quite a lot. And I've heard people describe it as an entertaining second half. And I suppose in terms of that there was more chances than we normally see a Shrewsbury game. I think it possibly was, but it also showed that you know there was a lot of mistakes being made, and and you know teams weren't capitalising on it. Obviously, we got two goals, but both teams had a, a shed ton of chances, didn't they? I think it was like seventeen to us and sixteen to them. It was an open game, but it was it was very. I don't know. It was low, low quality. It's open. Legal Does that football. make sense?
1: It's legal in football. I think people. I think people sometimes get a little bit carried away in terms of what they expect. Yes, there was some errors in it, and particularly error for our goal. There was error for their goal as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. our both both goals had errors in, involved. Um, yeah. But for me, it was definitely an entertaining second half. Um, yeah, first half wasn't. It was classic ball football, but the second half was really entertaining. Both teams going for it end to end, and I yeah, we have the discussion now. For me, it was definitely um, an entertaining second half, not first half, but the second half was definitely, you know, one of the most entertaining halves we've had for quite a while.
0: Yeah. There'll be more chances, I suppose. That's fair, and that's what'll happen if you play four at the back and you have more players in attacking positions, and you leave yourself more open. It's it's obvious you will have games that are like. Well, map, you can you play know?
1: defensively with four at the back. It's not this.
0: Well, I suppose that is true. And one thing for me that I'm going to say about this game, as much as it was entertaining, there were chances. I I, I think after we scored our goal, we did have a period where we sat back and just invited yeah. the pressure back on us straight away. Mentality, which isn't was it? disappointing.
1: Mentality. Yeah. We're, we're we're a team that is not doing very well. You know, this is no, like eight true. games about a win um plus Shit. the FA Cup game we're in a really bad run of form um so is it therefore surprising that the players um maybe got a bit mm. nervous or went in on themselves um and yeah didn't a- attack with the same kind of rigor and yeah it was frustrating but we still had chances though didn't we so there was that really yeah. good Laurent break but again a poor pass to Adey cut it behind him where maybe should have passed to Lang and that was a three on two, wasn't it? Yeah. He then mm. basically cuts inside, makes, I and mean, then the keeper makes a good side save, but yeah, Lawrence should have passed to, to Lang. And then there was a, another opportunity where the keeper kicked it at Ado. Ado runs um towards yeah. goal, does a turn, he gets fouled um, and has a poor shot. And again, this is where for me it just gets really frustrating because basically this 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 kind of situation encourages players to dive. Mm. True enough. But for
0: me. You know that period from the second goal was it was a, a game of we created or had created. I suppose if a keeper kicks it in your arse, you haven't really created that. But we had a couple of very good chances, like you talk about there. Mk Dons had a couple of really good chances, yeah, and then they probably did. had the last chance and could have won it. But they had one really good counter where the guy had a real good shot and, and he at the bar, didn't he? Yeah. Um And that was after Healy that, I think,
1: again, he was. Yeah, it was there.
0: They had a couple of second chances, and then there was one real late on, wasn't there, where a guy shot wide from maybe five six yards out, where they should have won the game really on that one. So it was anyone's game after the sec- the second goal went in. Um, and for me, my personal view, Ollie, at the end of that game was that a draw was a fair result. I think that it was two yeah. poorish teams playing a, a reasonable standard League One game. It could have gone either way, but a draw was probably fair.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not going to disagree with that. Um, mm. I think a draw was a fair result overall. Um, they had um, 49. Forty-nine. We had forty-one percent possession. They had fifty-nine. We had sixteen yeah. shots. They had sixteen. We had eight on target. So at least we had a few more on target. That's um, unbelievable but compared but to recently. But apparently we fouled them fourteen times to their four. Um, mm. Again, I think that's us just, just being a little bit a bit handsy. Um, it doesn't yeah. work. You're going to get pulled up. But, yeah, as you said, um, it, was a, it was an open ended game. Um, and, yeah, full time, one all. And for me, muted booze. No, a lot of people just left. <laughs> um, That's more of a sign, cook-off. isn't it,
0: of the frustration that people were leaving all, yeah, rather exactly. than the booze. You've exactly. got to actually be motivated to hang around and boo.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so- exactly. And a lot of people had left. And by the time, um, yeah, you kind of got up, I was just writing my, my full time tweet. Um, rather than, yeah, kind of being in the, in the hustle bustle down the back of Sainsbury's, I normally just wait. And yeah, I <laughs> walked down to an absolutely empty stadium by the time I've yeah. done my tweet.
0: What did you put them booze down to? Because it wasn't the worst we played at home this season. I think it's more a reflection of the poor league form. Like yeah, it was people saying, look, this isn't good enough now. We've got to get a win.
1: I think for me, it's it's the one, it's that millisecond opportunity you have to give feedback to the manager about how, how happy or unhappy you are with the results and performances. Yeah. Um, no win in the league in 2020. You know, this is eight games now without a win. The last win, you've got to go back to um, the, the um, 20, no, is it 20th, you know, 20th, that, 14th, 22nd, of Black, 22nd of December
0: yeah, I kind do of yeah. one it
1: was, um, where there was a win. So it's a long, long time ago. Um, and we've played a lot of games in January. So, yeah, I think fans are frustrated quite rightly.
0: Well, I had a stat to talk about later on about this, but, you know, you just said that's eight without a league win now. Around the FA Cup last season, we went nine without a league win. Do you remember? All yeah. around those FA Cup games, Wolves. And so, and that was Ricketts. So if we can't beat Accrington on Tuesday and he goes nine again, then we've got to then potentially go to Portsmouth, which is an incredibly difficult place to go, and get a, a win there. Otherwise, he's going to break that record. And to go ten without a win for any manager at any football club, in any situation, is something that puts the, puts the eye of scrutiny on you to a severe level. Um, because we can't go ten without a win. That will
1: not be acceptable Do to me. No and the points so this is a tweet from Mark Lynch so thanks for doing some stats for us so we scored um sorry yeah we scored 6 in 8 that's 0. 0.75 per per game and we conceded 12 in 8 games but we've got four out of 24 available points that's really. That's, that's really that's that's hardcore relegation form
0: mm, mm don't know what to say about it, Ollie. I think we'll leave that one there because yeah. we're going to be talking about the league and, and the points and everything going forward, aren't we? But, I don't know, let's wrap this game up now. Yeah. I went for a dough for my man of the match. I thought he was exceptional, you know, in talk, talking to positives. His work rate um, and his uh, ability combined is a good player at League One level for me. You know, we, we talk about missing Faye, but they are similar types of players. And in essence, you know, he, he can fulfil the Faye role for me. If he can um, finish. That's the only If we thing. can see... I agree if we can see his finishing a bit more and I don't think he's played enough games for us to make any kind of judgement on his finishing some of the goals he's taken have been good finishes haven't they so um, I want to see him play most weeks now I think I'd rather stick with him and Lang for the moment and, and have Cummins coming off the bench to have an impact that's the three I'd go for at the moment in terms of the strikers but That's fine. McElhaney, we talked in this one about how good he was. Um, Very impressive, as I say. A really good number 10 and someone I'm looking forward to seeing. And I I went for Williams third, which might seem a bit odd. um, But considering what happened to Anfield, how destructive that could have been to his mental state... You've got to give that kid a lot of credit. He's only young. He had probably never experienced anything like that before. And he slid back into his position. He did really well at centre-back. Yeah, he got a little bit out of position playing right-back, but he probably wasn't expecting that. But I thought overall, for someone to to play like he did, showed a fair bit of mental strength. So I just wanted to sort of finish what was a bad week for him by giving him a bit of credit, really.
1: Cool. I might have the same first two, but I went for Laurent third. Uh, Yeah, he was good. Yeah, so again, again, Laurent, yeah. One of our standout performers again. Um, yep. so what did Sam Ricketts have to say did you listen to this live Glenn, or were you, did you turn it off by then
0: I'll be honest with you I went out with some lads from the way supporters should just mention we beat Wolves fans uh, 4-1 yesterday morning so I'm back to winning ways Ollie. Um no I went to Hickory's and had a massive platter of meat so I did not listen to Sam Ricketts this week
1: so what did you have to say so we said we had two or three good chances to get more goals and um, then he refers to a having his shirt pulled back. Um, he said, we've been asked to play so many games for sh- a short period of time. All we can do is ask the players to give their all. And they did that. The, end, the game ended up being a game of tr- tr- attrition and they were fresher than us. And he was delighted with the players' attitude. I didn't have anything else, you know, in terms of them. We were down to our bare bones. Um, three replays in a rearranged um, game against Doncaster. He says performances are there. I think he's kidding himself. To be honest with that, um, it was a decent <laughs> performance away at Rochdale. To be fair, and a second and one half against Mil- Milton Keynes Milton Dons. But to to kind of forget about the Gillingham game, to forget about the Liverpool games, um, to forget about Lincoln mm. and the next extra games is a little bit. Um, but poor. And he said, yeah, we've you know, we said part in this period, we've only had more than th- um, three games to prepare and recover. Um, And that was in before the Liverpool game where we did actually put a good shift in. So I think there is, there is an element that you've got to take into consideration. We have played a lot of games and we do have a small squad. However, that doesn't cover and justify um, the poor, poor form we're on. And also obviously, I'm going to go on that rant again, Glenn, about we'll come to salad News. So I won't say it now, but recruitment and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. let's keep that for salad News.
0: Yeah, can do. In terms of that interview, there's a little bit of a thing going around at the moment. And these are rumours like i've heard it from a lot of people and a lot of people that know stewards for example and that the stewards have been told they're not allowed to put negativity on social media about Sam Ricketts and the style of football otherwise they face the sack and there was even people on facebook saying i know a steward that's lost his job because of that this weekend who knows it might be true it might not be true but i don't know there is there does seem to be a bit of a vibe now with some of these interviews we're reading that it's very much like kind of just these are the reasons kind of just leave me alone there are, you know we're not fit or we're not not with fit. we've got to play a lot of games that's my line i'm sticking to it and There's no acknowledgement of the faults within our team. Do you not think? Like, clearly, there are a lot of faults within our team. You know, the way we've been set up, for example, and not scoring. And you know, it'll give like mealy mouth platitudes as to, well, we'll work on that, or you know, something we can get. Or he gets a bit spiky, like when Stu Dunn asked him. I don't know. I, I I know he's never going to create an in interview to say this sort of stuff anymore. But we're not getting anything from him in terms of how we fix the problems we've got, other than we just go again, and can be a bit boring to listen to, to be honest.
1: It can be a bit boring, but then if he said too much, we'd probably criticise him for it as well. Well, that's um, what we do. It's our job. <laughs> but um, it is, it is, it is a yeah, it is um, a bit boring um, hearing hearing the same things.
0: Um, we, I wanted to say that is our job. If you go back and listen to a podcast two ty- two weeks ago about how we talked about how Sam Ricketts talked about the football club in the national press around the Liverpool game, we will give him due credit when he deserves yeah. it. Like we will give any player due credit, but I don't know. These interviews at the moment seem quite. Um, it's like he just wants to go and he's desperate for a win, isn't he? and it's obviously really niggling him. And I don't know. it Seems like he doesn't want to do them anymore. But I don't know. I didn't listen to it this week, so that's me, me making my judgment of yeah. what I would feel like having not won a game for eight games.
1: And just kind of talking about obviously we have talked about like where we are now in the league. League's basically pretty much over now in the playoffs is a distant yeah, dream dead. and interestingly because I said in this game I said you know um, I felt a bit sorry for Ricketts in this game and I got a bit of grief for it and for me the reason why I said that is again we, we always take it's always a bit of a risk that we do the podcast and we always talk about each week don't we and when we do talk about games we always t- tweet about that, that specific game unless we make it clear that we're talking about the context or something so mm. you're always liable to get criticized or comments made Um, about, you know, in the context of everything that we're not doing very well. And yes, we're not doing very well. But in a game where we wanted him to play two up front at number 10, he did it. In a game where we want to to see the manager go for it, he did. And he got rewards that because I think actually changing formation helped us and we were more attacking and he got his goal. Um, So I just felt a bit sorry for him in the sense that he is trying and he's tried to meet different and he's gone more attacking, which is something we're all crying out for. Um, but it didn't happen. And if that if that makes sense why I was just felt a bit disappointed for him, because at least he did try something. Well
0: he has to, didn't he? Because what we've been doing has not been working. And I guess that's it's the pressure of the job that you, and the pressure of the situation you find yourself in. I can, I can understand what you're saying, Ollie. I think that's a that's a fair point. I was in at the start of the game I was saying to the lads around me, I, I honestly don't care how we play today. I just we just need a win. Like, as a town fan, I wanted just to see us win. That's all I really cared about. And I think the frustration, the booze, and the negativity he's getting is simply this week because we did not win. And it was MK Dons.
1: And, and that's why good. we had the booze, isn't it? So yep, people exactly. are just booing and people are frustrated. And you can see the anger and people in their response to me and in terms of response to everything on Twitter. People are just so fed up now mm-hmm. um, that. Yeah, I agree. Um, it doesn't really matter. And the result, if the result is basically the only way people are not going to be upset now is gonna be a good result. Yep. Everything else, a draw or a loss, is gonna get people frustrated because they just go back to their, their thoughts and their feelings about where we are. And if if any manager ever had kind of like, you know, brownie points or kind of kudos or some kind of something to, to kind of live off, I don't know, say Eddie Harriet at Bournemouth has got a lot of, you know, credibility and kind of points to kind of burn off while having a bad yes. run. Yes. Sam Ricketts hasn't had any because we haven't no. we haven't seen that big lift. We've had some good moments, a couple of good moments in the FA Cup, a couple of, you know, a couple of games that we've ground out. But yeah, there's there's no kind of um, love within the fans and the manager to kind of oh, get him through these dark days.
0: I think that's true. I think that's true. I, I, I think that you, you know, it's to a certain extent this season and last season. If you go running, you know, what was it nine last year without a win and eight this year so far without a win. If you've not been winning cup games in that run, both of those times he's, he's under serious pressure and things are way worse for him. So he has been saved from really negative criticism at games by the cup results, but you know, again, that's gone now. And there was that one game last year after we got knocked out of the cup, do you remember where it got quite toxic?
1: Yeah. And we had the um, meeting.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So to me, Accrington's that game and he really needs to win. That's I don't give two shits about how it comes. That's the game we need to win. Total so we'll, yeah. we'll see. Tuesday we'll night's
1: gonna be huge.
0: It's massive. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So let's go. Let's go into silent news and have a look at that. Talk about the Brian interview. And then, yeah, let's close the pot out.
0: Given straight back to Shrewsbury Town as they build from the back again with Grant into the edge with Collins. Bobby Grant still going on to his left foot and shoots Shrewsbury Town straight into the league.
1: So there was an interesting comment about down to bare bones. um, And I wasn't being antagonistic or trying to stir the pot or anything like that. I was just generally trying to rack my brains at who's actually injured. And I could only think of three players. So he was like Lowe, who's obviously out on long-term injury and is on his way back. Yep. Wally's injured and Norburn's injured. So in terms of players, have actually played a lot of games. We've only got two players currently who are injured. Yes, we lost Faye, but he wasn't playing anyway. And then we lost some low knees that were never getting playing anyway. So mm, yeah. the down-to-bare-bones comment for me was a bit of an odd one. And if you're going to complain about your... And he said we he had two full-backs or whatever, or four full-backs on the bench. Well, don't sign load of wing-backs, full-backs then. <laughs>
0: It's very true. There's a big difference between someone being properly injured that you can't play them and them just getting rested. To me, if you're resting someone, you can't really use that as one of the players that's not available, because Love could have played on Saturday, and he probably would have been okay. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like he was injured. He just was getting his, his rotation out. Same with Max O'Leary. He's not injured, is he? He just was having a day off to, to recover from whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I, it, it it seems like a bit of a feeble excuse, that to me, because I'm sure that there are loads of one-league teams with way more long-term injuries than we've got. Um, so I, I don't know. It, it's interesting to check out, out on it when you just look at that, to only have two real serious injuries I suppose the thing that Ricketts would point to is that Norburn and Wally have been two of the players that have played the most games this season
1: yeah well yeah Norburn is a big mess um, he You yeah. maybe maybe Glynn if you're not too busy you should look at how many games you win with him with, and what about him and he's, he's definitely a, a key player I wouldn't, wouldn't suggest you do the same for for Wally um, no And, and people then,
0: are getting a bit sick of Wally at the moment aren't they yeah. it's like quite a negative vibe I know it's really hard because I really, he's
1: one of our best servants in the last ten years and you yeah. know, he, he's such a good player but in terms of um, in terms of you know him playing and, and producing the results, he's not he's not doing it. It,
0: it. It's fucking mad though, isn't it, Ollie? That he's a winger and he hasn't played as a winger for two years now. Like he was one of our best wingers in the last. I don't know 30 years and since Ricketts and Askey came in he hasn't played as a winger so it, I do agree that people are getting a bit miffed with him being a, an auxiliary striker or a bloody right wing back last season or where or number 10 you know all roles that you'll have a go at because he, he obviously loves the club and, and has been a big part of our football club but there's no one more than there's probably more than anyone more than all the fans he'll probably want to play as a winger at some point down the line in his career again and he ain't going to play as a winger under Sam Ricketts so I, I can see why people are getting miffed with him but he's trying to do a job for us out of position every bloody week.
1: Yeah. And then we signed Vela who apparently is close, <laughs> got a slight injury. Yeah, so we don't know if it is actually he just isn't fit enough or whether he's got a tweak kind of coming back to trying to get to full fitness. But for me, again, without going off on a massive tangent again, poor recruitment, um contacts, um lack of lack of lack of yeah, a good good de- in depth kind of um recruitment. We just signed a load of full and a third choice goalkeeper again has come to haunt us. So yeah, you can't complain about your own doings too much. Um, it just seems a bit a bit daft to complain about mm. your own recruitment because um, this is his entire own squad now.
0: Yeah, Greg Doxley looked really fit today when I watched that game, <laughs> so maybe we should have paid the loan fee for him. But yeah, I agree, it's um, it's not great. And who knows how long that will be out for. They say a slight issue, but it could be week weak shit, couldn't it? But it'd be good to see him at some point down the line. Yeah, interesting interesting comparison. The only other thing we had in News this week was Brian did another interview and, and it felt like listening to it, it came across as a sort of Look, I know everyone's miffed about the Liverpool result, and he even mentioned that he knows the players didn't play up to their level, and was quite quite honest about it. And again, credit to Brian for doing these; they're really good. The interviews they do, if you get a chance to listen to them. Um, but it was some other interesting things there where he kind of confirmed that we'd lost the four hundred grand from the not getting the TV game, and also um, the the lower ticket prices. Um, so it doesn't seem, you know, to me, it came across like they haven't given us any extra money for lower ticket prices. It it, it is what it is. So frustrating I suppose for the football club to have not really had the payday they would have wanted but um, at least we got something I suppose Um, also confirmed on it and and this came out afterwards as well is that we had to pay to use the VAR so even though Liverpool install it it's already there any club that comes to play them this season have to pay half the cost of VAR which are roughly £6,000 so we paid £6,000 to get screwed by VAR Ollie does that make you feel better or worse about the situation? Uh,
1: For me it's it's another nail in the coffin of the the FA Cup (laughs) journey for this year um, oh, let's move on. Let's
0: move oh, on. Oh dear, dear, and and yeah, as I say, Ian, I think fair play to Brian. he understands the frustrations and probably understands the frustrations that fans are having with the league form as well. And um, you know, I think for him, he's going to take one giant look at um the showpiece showpiece game of Liverpool at home, the fantastic morale that had, how that could have been something to build the club behind, and how somehow going to play them at Anfield has kind of eroded all of that a little bit. And if you look at the attendance on Saturday, you said you know it's staying up, it's all right, you know, it's it's sub six thousand. They didn't bring many to be fair. But when you looked around, it was there was a lot of empty seats on Saturday, wasn't there? And it did feel like a lot of people had just kind of not come. And around us in block seventeen it was quite sparse, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was a, a poor attendance. Um it was um seven hundred down on the average. Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah, as you said, people are quick mm. to leave as well. Um so mm, not good. Yeah, not good. To be interested. obviously um Tuesday night accrington Stanley will probably bring about twenty fans and then then yeah, it will be yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the attendance actually is. But And then obviously then on Saturday we go away to Pompey, who are doing really, really well. Um, so it's going to be another challenging week. Um, and just actually, yes, we don't know we what do prediction, normally do just one game, Glenn. But how many points do you think we're going to get from this week?
0: One.
1: Yeah, I think we might draw against Stanley.
0: I do, yeah. And we know where we'll go. We we've had a couple of good results reports with that show over the last few years. Again, I'm talking to Bobby Grant, he scored two goals there. Mind you, that was quite a while back now, I suppose. But <laughs> um, <laughs> But you know, we had occasionally I think we'll never win there, but I think we've won there a yeah, couple of times. Yeah, we have we've won the there a couple five
1: times. of times. And then her season, I remember going down with Becky and we stayed in a hotel. But, yeah, um, but in yes. terms of like where they they sit in and fifth in the form table, they've won um, they've won quite a few of their last few games. They've won four of the last six. Shrewsbury Town on the other end, and we're now twentieth um in the form table. Oh <sighs> god. Um we've we've drawn three and lost three of the last six uh,
0: if I was to predict both games this week I'd probably go 1-1 draw with Accrington and I'd go for us to lose 2-1 at Portsmouth so I'll go 2-1 as my Portsmouth prediction yeah I think that's how I'm this week might pan out unfortunately
1: okay I can't see us scoring against Pompey uh, oh god yeah I, I think <laughs> not that... even
0: with our new two up front and a t- number 10
1: no like, oh god I can't see us getting anything from, from that game it's <laughs> going to be another dark week.
0: I suppose the positive thing is our predictions have been so god-awful this season that maybe we'll be wrong and we'll win so that, that's well, what we, keep, we yeah should just,
1: we should just predict draws really I think guess if we want something.
0: <laughs> that's what I did last time I got it right for MK I know. I predicted 1-1 so yeah. I'm back ahead in the table but there we go hopefully it'll be better and uh, I, I'm not going to pause with I, 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 I'm actually sick of going away and watching shoot you away from home I've spent a lot of money over Christmas going over Rochdale and you know what was it Bolton and all the other clubs we've been to. I I need a week off going to watch Shrewsbury Town. To be honest, I've had a big run of it recently, especially with Liverpool games. So I'm going to watch Accrington. I'll be there, and I'll probably try and watch Portsmouth via some dodgy stream somewhere. But yeah, we'll be back to cover it next week, Ollie, and I think we'll try and get a guest on.
1: Yeah, cool. So yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Um, it is a slog at the moment. Um, <laughs> it is it is it is hard work watching the town at the moment. So yeah, uh... yeah. I don't know what else to say, Glenn. Apart from. Um, Thanks for listening guys. <laughs> and um yeah, we'll be back again next week.
0: Good stuff. Catch you all next week.